Welcome to Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. Um, before I forget, I always, I'm like the worst self-promoter of all time. So I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way before I forget to tell everyone. Um, I am going to be joining Megan Kelly again tomorrow afternoon. I believe that is at about 12 p.m. Eastern. So I hope that you guys will, uh, will join us. It should be a really good time. Um, so there, I got it out of the way. I didn't forget. Um, so over the weekend... Bob Costas, this is the Emmy award-winning sportscaster. He went on CNN's Michael Smirconish show. Is it Smirconish or Smirconish? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know what it's called. I don't know why it's still on air. I don't know why I'm supposed to care about Bob Costas' political opinion. But there he was, giving it anyway. And I don't know. I think we're going to call this another basket of deplorables moment, which keeps happening. Watch. You come at this from a position of not wanting to see Trump get elected. You should state that at the outset. True? Yes, absolutely. He is by far the most disgraceful figure oh. in modern presidential history. He's only become more disgraceful since oh, no. 2016 and since 2020. Uh -oh. He is a bubbling cauldron of loathsome traits, and oh. it's only those who are actually suffering from Trump derangement syndrome, mm -hmm. which is the way they and Fox News and all the rest of MAGA media try mm. to brush aside all the legitimate criticisms of Trump. You have to be in the throes of some sort of toxic delusion in a toxic okay. cult to okay. believe that Donald Trump mm -hmm. has ever been in any sense emotionally, psychologically, intellectually, or ethically fit to be president of the United States. But his supporters oh. are locked in on that. There is no cult okay. of Joe Biden. Because he sucks. Just let me finish this thought, he sucks. Michael. Even if he had not run explicitly with the pledge that he would be a one-term president, even if halfway through this term, he had said, look, I've done my job, I have some policy successes, I'll continue to do my job, and now the Democrats can get, as I said before, some people up in the bullpen mm -mm. and sort through it. He had a chance to be seen as a statesman and a patriot. Now his legacy is likely to be that of a man whose hubris prevented him from seizing the moment in an appropriate way, and at best, he can squeak by Trump, that's at best, or he could lose to Trump and subject the nation to four more years of this kind of ongoing insanity. Now, this is incredible. I love when people are like, well, you don't see a cult of Joe Biden. Now, I, I'm willing to admit there are certain people who Donald, Donald Trump can do no wrong. And, and that's fine. That is the way that it is. But to suggest that like Joe Biden is somehow better because there's no cult of Joe Biden. There's no cult of Joe Biden because nobody likes him. Everybody understands that he sucks. Like nobody, nobody wants to put a Joe Biden, Kamala Harris yard sign in their yard because that would be embarrassing because everybody knows that Joe Biden is like half dead. He's like three feet underground already. He's, he's making his descent into the six feet underground. Like, of course, there's no like cult of Joe Biden. Nobody likes the guy. All right. Including, by the way, Bob Costas, who just said it himself. And Here's how horrible old Bobby thinks that Trump is because he went on to admit Grandpa Joe can't even string two sentences together, but, you know, orange man's still bad or something. Watch. 
Biden is incapable of uttering even two consecutive sentences Correct. of the five perfect paragraphs that Newsom just put together. Mm-hmm. And I think Nate Silver, you quoted earlier, uh, saying that he's got to get out there and do four interviews with unfriendly or at least uh, down the middle, not softball interviews. But the problem with right. that is his own staff knows that he has to be bubble wrapped, that he can't do a Super Bowl interview. It's Correct. sad to say Biden is obviously on balance, a decent man. He served his country. Oh, he gets to and be no a decent what, man. no matter what, sane people will vote for him over Trump. But it's a hell of a risk to send this guy out there. Trump is a monster. Oh. He shouldn't send this guy out there at this point in his life to try and slay the dragon. Oh, a monster. Donald Trump is a monster. He's the most disgraceful president ever. And somehow he keeps getting more and more disgraceful. He's a monster. Like, I just cannot with these people. The hyperbole and the gaslighting is honestly just exhausting. Like, it couldn't possibly be, maybe, that Donald Trump was a much better president than you people want to give him credit for. And by the way, as a reminder, this is coming from someone who criticizes Donald Trump where I believe he deserves criticism. All right. I feel like I have to give this as like a, a, a preface every single time. His spending was out of control. It was wrong. His COVID response was awful. Operation Warp Speed was a disaster. I was, by the way, saying those things at the time. So not what you would call a sycophant or a cult member. In my opinion, I call balls and strikes and I try to be as objective as possible. But to ignore the state of the country during Trump's presidency before the unprecedented event that was COVID is, I would say, disingenuous or stupid or both. So let's go back to this man who is emotionally and mentally and intellectually and ethically unqualified to be president. Was he unqualified to be president when we had... Record low unemployment, minorities and women included. Was that was that an un- unqualification, disqualification? It reached the lowest levels in like half a century. For the first time on record before COVID back in December 2019, under Donald Trump, there were more job openings than unemployed Americans. Is that unqualified? Was he unqualified when our economy was booming before China unleashed a bioweapon on all of us that nobody could have prepared for? Americans lifted out of poverty. More than 7 million Americans were able to be lifted off of food stamps. Does that sound like unqualified to you? Is that an unqualified resume? How about when he negotiated more peace in the Middle East than we had ever seen previous? Or when he moved our embassy to Jerusalem? Like he said he was going to do and nobody else had done. Everyone else talked about doing it. He actually did it. Or how about when he killed Baghdadi, the ISIS leader and the world's most wanted terrorist at the time? Took him out. Is that unqualified? Tax cuts, manufacturing jobs being moved back to America, regulatory reform that resulted in billions of more dollars in American pockets. What about his tough stance on the border? The agreements he made with Mexico, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, the Remain in Mexico policy, which, by the way, that same policy, the Remain in Mexico policy, Trump's policy that Joe Biden undid on day one because it was Donald, orange man, bad, Donald Trump, bad. Undo this policy because orange man, bad. That was working. Which now Joe Biden, of course, has been forced to admit quietly behind the scenes. Violent crime fell under Donald Trump. So 
I don't know. I mean, I'm willing to uh, to be objective and I'm willing to call him out on his flaws. But I would just say for all of his flaws, his record was significant. I mean, there are certain things, points of his presidency that were indisputably good for the country. The mean tweets, though. Oh, he said mean things on the Internet. He sometimes makes insults at people that I like. And so you're a toxic cult member for saying, hey, you know, those are pretty great things Donald Trump did. He actually achieved a lot of success before COVID hit. Oh, and by the way, as an added bonus, he apparently didn't, you know, he he I guess he made Russia nervous enough that they didn't bother invading Ukraine. Nor did Iran start testing the waters with Israel through their proxy Hamas. Like, literally none of those things happened under Donald Trump's leadership. Yet, it is totally out of the question for these people to consider that perhaps the average American just really wants, at the end of the day, to live a good, stable life with their family without government interference. And maybe they're just sick to death of the left's bullshit. Like, is that... That's not even a consideration for them. That doesn't even approach, enter their radar. Like maybe these things are important to Americans, a strong economy, less government interference, less regulation. I want to be able to start a company without the government giving me 10 million things of a list of things that I can't do. Maybe that's what's important to the average American and not your political games that you guys play on TV. And, you know, for all that... Bob Costas and Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden and MSNBC and CNN want to go on the air and sit there as a talking head and talk about if you think Donald Trump is better than Biden, you're in a cult. Let's go ahead and take a look over on their side where they have, you know, seemingly pledged allegiance to the LGBTQIA plus apostrophe exclamation point uh, ex- exponent flag. I'm trying to think of if I covered all the bases there. I'm sure that there are some that I forgot, and I I apologize. I didn't mean to not be inclusive. I apologize if I missed your gender. But th- that's what they pledge allegiance to these days. That's where they show their loyalty to the cause by, you know, volunteering to chop their young daughter's healthy breasts off because she likes to climb trees. You have people like Taylor Lorenz that we just played yesterday. Taylor Lorenz. In the year 2024, wearing an N95 mask in broad daylight. But that's not a cult, okay? That is not a cult. Just because there's not a cult of Biden doesn't mean that the left is not operating as a cult. It's not a cult that, like, you can't just say, I want American money. I want taxpayer money not to be funneled to Ukraine for a war that I didn't ask for. You got to put the Ukraine flag in your bio and the LGBTQIA plus apostrophe S multiply divide subtract addition flag in your bio. You got to have these flags in your bio. You got to wear the N95 mask in the year 2024, but don't worry, we're not a cult. And I I just keep thinking back to um, an experience that I had over the weekend. I spent a good part of my Saturday volunteering out at the polls because here in Texas, we are in the middle of early voting, uh, which by the way, go vote in the primary. The primary process is important. We have to get all of these rhinos out of office. And um, I was out there volunteering mostly because I really want my candidate for our house rep seat 
to win. And that is Mitch Little. For those of you who are in HD 65 in Texas, go vote for Mitch Little. All right. In the primary. That is this week through Friday. And then uh, on Tuesday is the last day. That is voting day. But I volunteered for an organization called Red Wave Texas that has a voter guide. You can look it up, by the way. You should if you're voting in Texas. They have a voter guide to show people voting in the Republican primary who the most conservative candidates are so that we can get all these, you know, establishment people out of office. And it's just really like it's the human psyche is very interesting to me. And the way that Democrats and Republicans seem to be just built differently is very interesting to me. Maybe it is, you know, I minored in forensic psychology. So maybe it's like the psychology uh, part of my studies that I, I just I'm fascinated by this, but I like to play this internal game as a a poll greeter. I'm out there where I guess whether the person who is approaching the polling place who I am about to go try to strike up a conversation with is a Democrat or Republican. And most of the time I am able to confirm if I'm correct, because when I try to interact with them, I'm, I'm, and honestly, like it's it's a such a benign interaction. I'm like, hey, can I offer you a Christian conservative voter guide? Like, ninety nine percent of the time, the Democrats are so nasty for absolutely no reason, like none. They just they they just yell at me. They're like, oh, I wouldn't. No, you can't. And if I was going to need a voter guide, it wouldn't be for you guys. I vote Democrat. I'm a Democrat. Don't talk to me. I even had one lady who was like. You should be ashamed of yourselves. You shouldn't be influencing people this close to the polls. Now, obviously, we were obeying all of the rules, but I mean, she was a Democrat, so she didn't know very much. All right. So we'll give her some grace there. But these people are just so nasty for no reason. None. There's no reason to be nasty and they choose it anyway. And that's that's how they behave in person. That's not to mention how nasty these people are online. They're just so Nasty. I couldn't I couldn't imagine being that nasty to anyone in person or otherwise telling someone, you know, that they are in a toxic cult because of the person they choose to support for president or for any elected office. I just couldn't I couldn't imagine that just because I have a different political opinion opinion than you. Yet somehow we're the ones in the cult. Okay, sure. I evidence proves otherwise. All right. But sure, Bob. Well, all right. Sure. We'll see how that works out for you guys. Um, All right. So we've got a lot of moving parts here, sort of breaking news that was coming out, trickling out throughout the day, uh, including new updates in the Fannie Willis saga. I know she wants people to call her Fonny. I don't think she's fancy enough for me to call her Fonny. So I'm going to call her Fanny. Fanny Willis. Uh, We've got that and more coming up, and I'm going to bring in the panel to discuss that. We'll be right back. I want to welcome to the show Chad Jackson of Malone Pictures back in the house, along with Eric July, of course, Blaze TV contributor and founder and owner of Ripiverse Comics. Now, I would like to point out, Eric, I know that you say you're not African, so you're not an African-American, but I, look, I did a DNA test and I am 2% Sub-Saharan African. Nice, welcome to the so, family. 
They, that's what I'm saying. So this is a we are a diverse. Well, we're not diverse because I'm I'm a black woman today. So we're all black because I am the two percent, which I feel like is more than Elizabeth Warren uh, was Native American, and she still got to say that she was Native American. So I'm gonna go ahead and just I'm just gonna identify as black. I'll allow it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, All right. So, you know, I was just talking about uh, Bob Costas and so many others talking about like, oh, if you plan to vote for Donald Trump, you're in a cult. If you think that Donald Trump is better than Joe Biden, you're in a cult. Uh, And it's just like the left is doing everything to show that they are in an America last cult. That seems to be what their cult is, is just America last. And just kind of to hammer that point home uh, this past Sunday, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, this is an incredible scene, hand over his heart, waving the flag of communist China in New York City over the weekend. And this is the, by the way, Chinese national anthem that was that was playing during a parade. So next to him, by the way, you saw uh, the ambassador Huang Ping, a denier of China's human rights abuses and a senior official with China's secret police station in New York. Um, I would say not good people, not people you would want to be associated with. And yet still, I'm perplexed uh, that it's not just Chuck Schumer. We also saw California not that long ago. The streets of what was it, San Francisco, just covered in Chinese communist flags, welcoming these people. And I mean, to be frank, I'm sure it's because that China, they look up to China. They're like, wow, this is kind of what we want to be. This is kind of what we want to do. We would like to turn into this communist society. Please, please, G, please show us how you do it, Daddy G. Seems to be what they're about these days. 100%. And it's not just these days. This isn't anything new. I mean, That's a great point. the UN was started in 1945. And they were... The UN is predicated on a globalist agenda. And so for the better part of the 20th century, that's certainly the direction that we've been moving in. When I look at somebody like a a Chuck Schumer, he's been in office for 43 years, I think it was. And every policy that he's... Unbelievable. Every policy that he's endorsed, that he's been behind, has uh, affected in eroding our country all the more. And so when I see him waving the American flag along with the, Mm -hmm. the, the communist Chinese flag... Uh, this is once again indicative of of their ultimate goal. I mean, Eric, <clears throat> let's think about this for a second. What kind of a relationship should we have with China? Okay, because let's bring up let's bring up the elephant in the room of COVID. They still have not taken responsibility for the bioweapon that they unleashed, not just on this country, but on the rest of the world. Okay. That to me should be kind of a, a ding on them. Then just last month. Uh, FBI Director Chris Wray testified that hackers from China are targeting our infrastructure, our water treatment plants, our electrical grid, our oil and natural gas pipelines, our transportation systems. And obviously, that's a huge risk for every American uh, that, I don't know, maybe would be another ding against China, in my opinion. They've got uh, secret police stations. Last year, the AP reported on Chinese nationals being arrested for establishing a secret police station in the United States. Um, this is, by the way, just to be clear, the the police stations were on behalf of the Chinese government, not ours. And it just feels like, um, the idea that we should wave an American flag at the same time that we're waving a Chinese communist flag as if we're like good buddies is just fantasy land. (laughs) Well, my issue more so is that 
how oh, we Eric's, look at Eric's yeah, I, I know I'm about to go on my tangent like I always do. <laughs> Communism is, I'd argue, it, 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 as far as a political philosophy is concerned, uh, it is the most evil of them all. And I'd lump, obviously, socialism uh, in there. Historically speaking, um, it actually is relative. I mean, that's more relative as far as uh, socialism v. communism. Mm-hmm. Historically speaking, they were used to mean the same damn uh, damn thing, right? So uh, this is why it always got me when you hear these uh, sort of uh, student communists would be like, well, uh, state socialism is different from what it is that we advocate. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, hell, well, even Marx, what the hell was the dictatorship of the proletariat? <laughs> like, what, what, what do they think that, mm-hmm. that that was? So that's my bigger problem in that it, what this does is it solidifies that still the American people and the, even American politicians, people that actually have power, don't look at communism as evil as they should be looking at communism i get it uh when it came to uh fighting mud- funny mustache man you teamed up with them uh, uh, uh briefly but to be fair they also had their own pack prior to that's really all the russians did they saw which which side was losing it was like all right maybe maybe we take the other side um uh more accurately putting it but we you don't see that same sort of uh, vigor that you see with like yeah if he was waving a a a, a nazi flag or something people would be irate. He wouldn't even, let me take a step back. He wouldn't even consider doing anything like that. Nobody realistically would. But communism in this country uh, is oddly, definitely among young people, is still something that's growing, that people are endorsing uh, uh, governments that have um, uh, made it like really part of their their, their economic philosophy is, and China's been that way for a very long time, communism. And they don't, they, they call it exactly that. It's not like trying to name it's something else like no that's that's exactly what it is it's communism and they advocate for that so to see an american politician waving the flag of of, of i love that we're putting it communist uh china is uh very telling let's mm-hmm. say that yeah I, I don't maybe people uh on the left are not aware what that ccp does actually stand for the chinese communist right, party right. like it's not it's not a fancy acronym. They yeah. they wear that like a badge but, of honor. I think that goes to show how uh, the left, when they infiltrated more so academia, man, they were so smart in in, in doing that and how much it mm-hmm. worked. Because, I mean, again, going back to history, communism has killed far more people. Yes. Um, if you're talking about containing that, that uh, uh, Nazi Germany, which, again, I would... The same thing. As far as it being state socialism, it's the same same exact thing. But you look at the uh, uh, Stalins of the world and the Pol Pots and going back to China with Mao. Um, uh, it, it, these guys, I mean, the, the bodies that these that this that communism is like I'm talking leaders advocating communism, communism and killing people on behalf of said communism. It's nothing even close. If you want to look up what democide is, if you're talking about like governments killing their own people, it's communism number one. And that's it's nothing else is close. It's not even close. So I, I do think it does point to the fact that they I mean, academia has tricked a lot of people into believing that this is something that is still not as abhorrent as what people look at as Nazism, even though it's roughly the same thing. Yeah. yeah but I would also argue that. Communism isn't even the point. It's not the end goal. 
globalism's end goal. Mm-hmm. The same way that socialism is a vehicle to get to communism, communism is a vehicle to get to globalism, and that's ultimately what these people are after. So again, when I see Ch- when I see Chuck Schumer there waving those two flags, again, this is indicative of the fact that we're well on our way to a globalist economy, globalist society. This is what their ultimate goal. Well, that's is. what a, a communism is, right? It's uh, it's inter like that's what they try to differentiate themselves from uh, the the uh, the Nazis. Uh, we look at nationalistic socialism, mm-hmm. but that's what the other part was that that was was international right. socialism. They were pretty open in the fact that they wanted this thing to spread as far as they realistically could get it, and they wanted us us all living under this um, again an abhorrent thing to to advocate. Um, I, communism is as evil as it gets. So to right. see someone not even think twice about waving a flag of again admitted communists like this, it'd be one thing if we were like, okay, you're calling it something right. else, and right. Yeah. Right. you know, just like how they they say Donald Trump is a Nazi. Donald Trump is <laughs> right. a fascist. It's like, all right, like right. we get it. He's not, but you're going right. to call him. You're that. calling yeah. it something else. That'll be what these guys are like. Yeah, we're communism. Right. We're, we're communists, and right. we, we they they rock it like it's like it's nothing. Hundred percent. Right. right. What are we yeah. doing? Right. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty scary. And and to your point, Eric, just to point out how ridiculous all of this is. You know, they have no problem also waving the Ukraine flags, mm. even though there yeah, are admitted neo Nazis. Yes, thank you. Actual Nazis. Within their ranks, and they're like, but I don't those care. Nazis are fine right. because we're trying to push globalism. So it's don't worry, it's fine. They're just like mini Nazis, which are far, far less bad than Donald Trump, who is an actual literal Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's go ahead and uh, let's take a quick break, and then I want to uh, I want to get into uh, a couple different things. One of them being one. I wouldn't say important as in um, like influencer, but a pretty big name politician has chosen not to endorse Donald Trump. We will get into that first one. I think our sponsor, Relief Factor. So uh, look, pain is your body's way of letting you know that something is wrong internally. And most of the time it's trying to just tell you your body's like, hey, knock, knock. You've got inflammation in your joints and it, it hurts. And please take care of that inflammation so that I cannot hurt. Um, which a lot of people don't realize. It's the inflammation that is causing the pain. And you could use like a topical cream and rub it on there and it'll feel good for 10 minutes, but you're stuck with pain again after that wears off. So how can you actually target the root cause of that pain? Well, you can do that with Relief Factor, okay? It's not a drug, so it's not going to make you feel all loopy. It was developed by doctors, though, so you can trust it. And uh, it has four key ingredients that work with your body to fight the inflammation. Now, 70% of the people who try it order more. It's worked for me, by the way. It's worked for Glenn Beck here uh, at the company as well. It's worked for so many of us here at Blaze. See if you are living in pain. See how Relief Factor can help you with that three-week quick start. It's $19.95, and it comes with a feel-better-or-your-money-back guarantee. You can go to relieffactor.com. Get that quick start over at relieffactor.com. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no armed guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. 
The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. So earlier today, uh, during a press conference on Capitol Hill, Reboot Mitch McConnell refused to answer whether he would support Donald Trump this election. Watch. Uh, over the weekend, Senator Thune came out and he endorsed Trump. The other lieutenants have endorsed Trump. Why are you holding out and endorsing your likely nominee? I, I don't have any announcement about that today. So... I understand that uh, Reboot is for the Uniparty. Like, I get that. I got it. Um, I'm hopeful that he will be irrelevant uh, at the end of his term because he clearly has a lot of rebooting that's going on. (laughs) But I I just, I feel like I know what Eric's answer is going to be, which is like he just hates the whole system. So he just wants to cause as much (laughs) disruption as possible. But I'm, I'm just trying to think if you're in Mitch McConnell's shoes, like what possible reason would you have to defer on answering whether you want to to y'all's point earlier, whether you want a leader in charge who seems to want to just push us into communism or sorry, the the the, the people who are uh playing with the puppet strings of Joe Biden. Obviously not him. He's not with it enough to, to understand what he's doing. Right. But the people who are controlling him clearly do. And Donald Trump at this point in time, regardless of who else you supported in the primary, he's the only one that stands in the way of that, it seems. So why would you not, why would you not, as a Republican leader, throw him your support at this point? I don't get it. Well, the fact is, Donald Trump is still kind of the odd man out as far as the RNC is concerned. And in my opinion, when you look at someone like a Mitch McConnell, he's very much uh, part of the RNC crowd. And I don't know, you, you would hope that the people at the RNC would be more uh, connected with the the real people on the ground, but unfortunately they're not. There's this huge disconnect. And I feel like when it comes to someone like a Mitch McConnell, they're just kind of waiting it out to see what happens with the indictments and things of this nature before they will make any kind of definitive, definitive um, uh, claim as to who they will endorse or not. So... Which is just so disgusting because, A, the RNC already saw that Donald Trump can win elections and can win over, you know, a good majority of the American population. Also, number two, the the indictments shouldn't stop you because the indictments are total bullshit. Right. Like all of them are are just completely bullshit. So it's like this. This is this again is indicative of how frail and fragile and just weak. The Republican Party The RNC is. is. Yeah. No, you're right. Which we talked about a little bit yesterday with Ronna McDaniel. I'm sorry, Ronna Romney McDaniel uh, announcing what day she is going to step down in March. And I I said yesterday, Eric, like they I'm not convinced that anyone, even the best person suited for the job can fix it. But certainly if they have any 
any shot at fixing the RNC. They need someone who's going to come in and just demolish everything and start rebuilding from the ground up, except I don't think that's what Eric. <laughs> well, no, obviously, I'm, I don't have any faith in, in that. Um, look, I would I just I guess still. Yeah. Would I prefer to burn it down? <laughs> yes. I know. You know I know. Me, you know me very well. But just looking at this logically speaking, I could totally understand what his position was if there was like a second, um, let's say, a person that was running against Donald Trump that was like competitive. Right. 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 And then you're like, look, man, they're, they're, they're kind of we're just not in a position to, to, to really endorse anybody. Um, because it's competitive and maybe this is good for your party. But you're really you, you didn't have. E- yeah, I get it. You have the DeSantis of the world and, and, and Vivek. And I know people had some favor there. But even then, you didn't really have that that outsider like there was this year. You didn't have the the, the you know, you were alive in 20 or, you know, live and kicking in 2008, 2012. Obviously, the Ron Paul thing was like he was an outlier and that got a lot of people like amped up. And so it'd be one thing if you had a person like that. you didn't. Right. You, you didn't. You, you had a bunch of people that are much much pretty much the same people let's just call it that and he had donald trump so i don't understand his position outside of well this is a guy that we still do not they didn't want to get behind him uh back when he won and they still don't want to get behind him him right now so that's the from my perspective uh what it is but yeah they don't they don't respect their well constituents no 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 no, they don't but with with like the uh, the the rnc or really the the republican party uh in general yeah in order to fix it yes it comes from the top and you need you got these establishment types, the McConnells uh, of the world that are still around, still kicking, and they still seem to be the ones that are calling the shots uh, with this party. So with uh, uh, Miss Romney over there, if you have that that replacement. It's got to be someone that is like off the wall, not just a guy that has a position or mm-hmm. two that you might agree with. We're talking about a guy that is is really fundamentally sound, understands what it is that he's advocating. And, yeah, it may be completely antithetical to the Mitch McConnell's of the world. But really, that's what that party that party needs. And he's a se- severe shakeup. Mm-hmm. Do you guys believe that like. So, so it's been my observation that the Republican Party continues to try to take uh, pages out of the leftist playbook, but they just do it so terribly. Yes. Um, when you look at uh, the 2016 or 2020, 2020 election, you had, I think it was Bernie Sanders who was leading mm-hmm. polls. And then they were able to, the DNC was able to kind of sneak in Bernie Sanders and, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Joe Biden, Biden put him at the top. And now and he ended up, quote unquote, winning. I feel like the Republican Party is trying to do the same exact thing with Nikki Haley, mm-hmm. where they're trying to kind of hold back their endorsements just long enough for her to to edge them out. And I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and the sad part of that is, to your point earlier, is that the only way that that happens is if the weaponization of the judicial system is successful. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that that happens. So you're rooting for our judicial system to be weaponized against because if they're going to do it to Donald Trump successfully, they there's there's no way they can't do it to each and every one of us. Right. So like you're rooting for uh, the end of any sort of guys that our judicial system is fair and impartial just so you can keep Donald Trump out of office and manipulate the system to get what you want. So that's what these people are actually rooting for when they want to hold back everything to wait and see if their girl, Nikki Haley, BlackRock Nikki Haley, (laughs) BlackRock Tricky Nikki actually gets into office, which is just so much more sinister than it sounds like on the surface. Yeah, they're definitely vying for her. 
but the, but again, they, they're just completely out of touch because nobody wants her. Right. So. <laughs> Milk toast well, she is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, when you uh, when you lose to none of the above candidates in Nevada, mm-hmm. you probably should do some reassessing on whether or not you should continue running. But at this point, I think she's just bought and paid for. Oh, yeah. She just uh, to me is just she's just sticking around. Just I think a lot of people, yeah, within the party, especially out of it, are banking that something happens to Donald Trump that disqualifies him. Um, so you need, and it may be a hail mary. Mm-hmm. It may be yes for sure. But they're looking at it like as a contingency plan. Like this is we got her, we got yeah. her around, and uh, if this is going to be our way to sneak her in. Then it's just our way to sneak sneak her in. And, yeah, I I don't know what happens there. I don't know what happens with your party there. If something like that, let's just say worst case scenario. We're just speaking hypothetical terms. Something happens. He ends up getting disqualified, so he can't really uh, run. And then they slide in with Nikki Haley is somehow kind of, this is going to be your nominee in some way. I I just... to me, that looks like the end of the Republican Party. I agree. I agree. And like, the, which Eric's like, don't. Well, me uh, yeah, with a good I'm, time. I'm, I'm like, yeah. Don't threaten me with a good time. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> but what what is so frustrating for me? I know we have to take a break here in a second. But what is so frustrating for me is that you watch the Republican Party continue to be at odds with each other. Like, there's so much in party fighting. Meanwhile, the left is completely unified when it matters. Right. Like, they see that Joe Biden is half dead, and they're like, I don't <laughs> care. I'm going to the polls to vote for this man anyway. Anyway, because I'm a team player. Right. Meanwhile, in the Republican Party, there you have people throwing hissy fits because Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. And they're like, but I wanted my person. I'm not voting. And it's just like, guys, this is such petty BS. Like they do it when it matters. And look how far they've been able to advance their agenda. We're now talking about Chuck Schumer waving a Chinese Communist Party flag with the American flag. We're not talking about, you know, globalism. We're not talking about all these different things. Look how far they've been able to take their agenda in just this short amount of time. And we can't get out of our own way. Yeah. Well, Mitch McConnell represents Mitch McConnell represents uh, a brand of the Republican Party that is afraid to go on the offense. And um, to me, when I when I see that clip, that's. It's weak. That's what I think of. It's so weak. Um, all right, let's let's go ahead and we're going to take a quick break. And we get when we get back, let's talk about the update in the Fannie Willis saga. So last week we went through some of the uh, Fannie Willis testimony about her alleged misconduct in the uh, the Trump-Georgia election fraud case. And she had been accused of this misconduct by having a relationship with her special prosecutor, Nathan Wade, whom she's paid, you know, just a cool $650,000 to help prosecute Donald Trump and 18 co-defendants in the RICO case. Now, her testimony revealed like a bunch of evidence that signaled that there was a relationship which could put her entire case in jeopardy. Um, And, you know, they did the Trump team did have uh, geofencing cell phone records showing that he was he just happened to be like at her condo overnight. I'm sure they were just working on important cases at the time. Oh, wait, it was before the Donald Trump case. Well, well, listen, that means nothing. Okay, that's just a coincidence. And so now the new star witness, Terrence Bradley, this is Nathan Wade's friend and divorce attorney, was on the stand in a hearing this afternoon. Now, there was a text message from him 
to prosecutor Ashley Merchant that revealed that Nathan Wade, her special prosecutor, and Fanny were in a relationship starting in 2019 before she hired him to prosecute Donald Trump. But now, all of a sudden, his memory seems a little bit foggy and things may have not actually occurred as he already specifically told the attorney. Watch. That their relationship started when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton. Where did you obtain that knowledge from? Yes. Hello. Knock, knock. It was. I was speculating. Um, oh. I didn't have a. Um, yes. You were speculating based on what? The fact that they were having slumber no parties. No one told me I was speculating. No one told you that. No one told me that. You were speculating based on things that had been told to you or things you had observed? So I'm going to object as to uh, the nature of, uh, of this line of questioning because the witness has made it clear he was speculating as to yeah, how or what yes. he knew. Mm-hmm. And if it's speculation, it's inadmissible before this court. All right, but the motivations so for clear. his reason for speculating would be admissible, so I'll overrule that. Thank you, Judge. Was this speculation, when you told me that, was that based on things that had been told to you and things that you had witnessed? I never witnessed anything, so this is um, so believable. You know, it it was speculation. I can't tell you based off um, of anything specific. If that's what you're you're asking, you can't tell me anything specific as to why you speculated about that. No, this was however many years ago. I mean, I don't recall, but no, I, I don't. Did you have any other I don't know if speculation is lying, but I'm... Well, let, let me just... T- show me where in this text it says you're speculating. You didn't ask me if I was speculating or guessing. Oh I didn't ask you, but tell me if it says anywhere here that no, it's speculation. If this is the same one that you just showed me, it does not. And you're welcome if you need to to look at your text. Um, is there anywhere in here that indicates that you didn't have knowledge of the no. relationship? No, I'm going to object. The line of questioning your honor directed counsel to uh, explore is where is he got the knowledge. So He's explored that. Weird. He said it's speculation, and he didn't get it from any source other than his own speculation. Sure. So I, think, I, I think we're flushing that out, and uh, uh, I think it's her right to... I'm wondering on this if he's how much of the 650000 he was promised by Nathan Wade to go ahead and, you know, be, uh, I don't know, unsure now. So he's just, it was just a speculation. I'm just speculating. Um, so I'm, I'm just wondering what was promised to him because everyone seemed very sure. And by the way, his original text message corroborated with all of the cell phone records that Donald Trump's team brought forth. And now all of a sudden, he can't recall. He can't recall. He said it like 10 times uh, throughout the hearing thus far up until the time of this taping. I can't, oopsies, I can't recall. I mean, that was a long time ago. When have you said assertively, uh, most assuredly, that you knew that something happened and then went back and said, you were speculating. Doesn't that happen to everyone? Doesn't everyone do that? Don't you do that all the time, Eric? All right. So if I understand this correctly, and please correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong. So you mean to tell me this man stated, right, and it wasn't speculation, uh, but initially he stated that they were in a relationship. Yes. Starting in 2019. Started in 2019. Yes. Okay. And 
now all of a sudden, like, and that's a very specific mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So to be so absent-minded to like, I don't even know how I even came to that conclusion. Right. That to me is wild. And you can see that that hamster wheel was spinning. Like yes, when, when she first said that he was like, damn. Like <laughs> he's looking for a bailout. It's like that Dave Chappelle uh, episode where like when he was Black Bush and he knocks the, uh, he's like, oh, who's talking about oil? And he knocks the water off and takes off. That's what he wanted to do. He Those wheels were churning and he was like, I need an out right now. And he didn't get it, but he was looking for it. He did. He did. Well, I'm, I'm wondering like, also, remember, he's Nathan Wade's friend, so he had to know when he initially exchanged a text message with an attorney that that would later be used. It seems like that would be the time to understand as an attorney that you need to be very specific when you accuse someone of something <laughs> in a freaking trial. And he's like, I was loose with my language. My bad. My, that's, that, was, that's, that one's on me. All right. That's on me. What sort of people do you think actually believed him in watching that clip? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. No, none. Not one single person. Yeah, I don't know. The, the things that I see out here in these streets. <laughs> I, I, it was funny watching that hamster. I mean, like the, he was paused for probably like 15 seconds where he's, when he answered the question. He's like, I don't know. I wonder what he was thinking. I know. Right? He I was know. just sitting there like. How do I get out of this? Like how, how? I need God. Give me something. I see this with my kids all the time. It's like, well, hold on. Let me come up with a lie. <laughs> really? Because mine instead is just like tells me that what I saw, I did not see. He's like, no, I, di I didn't just push my little brother. I'm like, I literally saw you do it. He's like, no, no. Prove it. <laughs> Roll the tape. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have one. So, but it is a, a a childish tactic of just like, how can I work my way out of this one? I'm just not sure that it's going to be enough. Do you think it will get worse? Like, yes. Or do you think this is as bad as it gets? No, I think it's going to get worse. Mm -hmm. I, I think so too. I think because, and I mean, kudos to Trump's team yeah. because they're the ones who started all of this. It makes this whole thing so funny because it's like, it's a, it's a, it's the most epic backfire. It's like you went after someone, and now your all your business has to get aired yep. out right now, and in yep. retaliation. So Why are they so sloppy though? Exactly. Well, I don't think it's sloppiness. I think it's arrogance. Cocky. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's it's co it's cocky behavior. It's arrogance because they've never been the ones who have like they've never had their standards flipped on them. Mm -hmm. They've always been able to run the show and be able to persecute whoever they want, mm -hmm. hold people to these cancel culture, hold people to standards that they never have had to live by, and they've always been able to get away with it. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's a cesspool, uh, these places. I mean, it, it, and, I, and I mean that with all sincerity. When you look at, you know, what's going on in Georgia, when you look at a lot of these predominantly urban um, cities, as far as their politics are concerned, it's just a cesspool of corruption and and nonsense. So, which honestly might be um, the straw that broke the camel's back when it comes to Fulton County, because you even regardless of, you know, the 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 community and whether or not, you know, I don't I I don't know the diversity of the community that Fannie Willis represents. But let's let's say for a second that they all have the same values and the same, you know, um, uh, morals and the same, you know, they're 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 sound in that regard. Mm -hmm. They still can look at that and go, 
I don't want you spending $650,000 of my taxpayer money that I'm paying you guys for you to go and funnel it into your boyfriend and go take lavish, lavish trips with him. Like, I feel like maybe. On whatever continent, like, which, yeah, I don't know the which continent. continent. Uh, which we don't continent? know. I, I have no idea which continent. <laughs> continent. Yeah, I mean, you have to believe that these people are like, even then they go like, all right, we can't, we can't have this. Like, we're, we're done with you. Uh, and hopefully toss her aside. But um, all right, let's go ahead and uh, we've got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. All right, I need you guys to help me work this one out, okay? Yesterday, uh, Zelensky was on MSNBC, and I am not, I'm sure you guys are not like cocaine experts or drug experts, but I feel like he is on something and like- Oh, I know a crackhead when I see it. That's <laughs> okay, do you? Okay, all right. Yeah, 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 uh, okay, yeah. all right, all right. So, so let's watch this. I want you guys to watch this and tell me, is Zelensky like tweaking out? Watch. Mr. President, I just returned from several areas along the front line in the south and in the yeah. east. And soldiers there told me they have to ration their ammunition. They don't have enough weapons to advance. They can only defend themselves. In some cases, they're losing territory. There was a little... What <laughs> happens to your country little mannerism if this there. American aid doesn't arrive? We will lose a lot of people. We will lose territory. All right. That wasn't the only one. If we had time, I would show you a compilation of him doing mannerisms just like that. And I just I feel like I should ask with the billions of dollars that we have funneled to Ukraine. If it's going to coke. If we're just funding Zelensky's coke habit. His addict. Yeah. He's either that or he's just just extremely like, I mean, anxious and, and maybe even nervous uh, because, yeah, he's like. Yeah, yeah, it's sketch yeah, mannerism. Yeah, it is sketch for sure. I, I don't, and I've seen him talk. I haven't seen him look like that. Maybe he's demon possessed. <laughs> oh, that would explain a lot, actually. Yeah. I like that theory. We like a good conspiracy theory here on Series All Unfiltered. Somebody get that man an exorcist. We'll take care of everything. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.